Welcome back to another episode, guys. Uh, today we have Jack Darcy. Welcome. Thanks for coming on, bro. Thank you very much for having me. No worries. No worries. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we're finally getting the hang of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ten episodes in, bro. <laughs> so I remember you way back when, uh, oh, probably like 2014, 2013. I was. Like about 18, 19, mm. and you were a bit younger, but coming through. So you yeah. were a 100, 200 sprinter, were you? Yeah, yeah. Um, that would have been about the time when I like decided to go fully into track and field full time. Um, oh, yeah. What were you doing before that? I was playing rugby league. And, um, St. Greg's Day. Yes. Yeah, yeah. How old are you? No, 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 I'm 23. Oh, okay. So do you know, do you know Jaden Simmons? No, I can't. He was say. a couple of years above. I think yeah. I. Because um, I moved to St. Greg's in year nine, so 2014. Yeah, right. When did you okay. graduate? 2015. Yeah, so I, I kind of remember you vaguely. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. When you graduated and all that. So, so you're a footy player, and then uh, when did you make the switch? Yeah, so um, the same in the same year, the same season, because like the reps, like the Harold Mats and S2 ball season is on at the same time as athletics. And I was in the Harold Mats uh, training squad for um, West Tigers, and then I made nationals at the same time for the 100 metres, and I was like, I got to the end of the season, and I had a few injuries and stuff, and I didn't run very well at nationals and I sat down that off season like coming into like April March and I thought shit like I need to make a choice because I can't do both mm. I remember like I think it was one weekend there was we had a Harold Matt's trial game and I was playing and there was regionals athletics on at the same time and I played the trial game on the Saturday and then I tried to run the 200 the next on yeah, the Sunday no. for region and I just got my ass handed to me <laughs> so I was like no you can't you can't, you can't do both so yeah. um, I'm gonna take a wild guess you're a center yeah, 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 center, wing. Built like depend. a center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just fast enough. Um, yeah. And a little bit nearly big enough to play like so in the centers as well. What yeah. times were you running around that age before you made the switch? Uh, I think I ran 11.30. Yeah. Um, Doing both sports, that's, that's good going. Yeah yeah, 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 like I was by far the fastest on the Howard Matt side and like um, just, yeah, just ended up making the choice that it would be easy to come back to rugby league if athletics didn't work out because I didn't want to play like a season of SG ball or country rugby league or something and then do an ACL and be like, oh, I can yeah, never yeah, go exactly, back. Yeah. So and when you come back, you'll be a hell of a lot faster too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's always good. Yeah, yeah. So that's when I made that decision and then that was at Campbelltown at the time and then for a few different years, I sort of bumped around from coach to coach. Oh no, sorry, two coaches. Didn't really settle in a training squad and then, um, and then I found uh, the squad that I'd had a really good season with in, in Roger and the Ramjets in, in Sydney. And uh, from there, well, that's when the accident happened and um, it's been three years, four years, three and a half years since then. Uh, so, Yeah, right. Yeah. Tell us about the accident because I think I heard about it way back, but I didn't, don't know the details. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was just riding to work on a Sunday morning and um, I was just like in a shit mood, like, like service announcement like don't ride a motorbike when you're in shitty mood yeah yeah, yeah. when you're emotional because like you know making bad decisions is just heightened and, and you know mm. yourself like anything in life like if you make a like when you make a decision when you're emotional like it just doesn't yeah, yeah yeah and the stakes are higher when you're on a bike exactly exactly so i was just riding around a corner to work like i've ridden this corner so many times hey like even just like on my push bike and stuff <laughs> yeah. riding around and um i'm coming up to the corner and as I'm going in, like I see a car like further around the bend and um, I was like, oh, you know, this, this, I can sort of see it. Like I acknowledged it and I was riding a bit fast for the corner. And as I come in, the car's getting a bit closer and I'm like, oh shit, like I'm a, I need to change my line here because I was a little bit wide and he was really close to the lane, uh, the, the line as well. And as I went to change my line and lean in a little bit more, my foot peg scraped the ground. And when that happened, um, I like jolted a little bit and before I knew it, I was sliding and the bike, like back tire kicked out underneath me and the bike's just, I've fallen over and like it's called a low side accident. So where the, the bike goes under un first yeah, okay. and then you're like sliding with it. Oh. And all I remember thinking is just fuck. Yeah. And I'm sliding, bang, hit the car. And then it was just black for a few seconds. And then I come to about you know, maybe five, 10 seconds later, face down 30 meters from the bike, from the, the crash, the car and the bike, car's still moving. And I go to get up. And as I get up onto my hands and knees, I just fall, like I just collapse. Yeah. And then I look around to the left and my bone is hanging out of my thigh bone, like it's out the front. Shit. I Ooh. look around to the right. 
and my right leg is backwards and I'm like, oh fuck, this like, isn't good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like it just hits me and this sudden rush of pain just comes through and then like people start stopping and all this kind of stuff and then like I'm looking at my legs and I'm thinking, fuck, these are like, these mm. are fucked. Yeah, what yeah, the hell yeah, am yeah. I going to do? Yeah. And then um, a passerby calls an ambulance. Shit. And it took like 45 minutes for the ambulance to get there oh. and I just remember like, because I only had a shirt on, it was hot that day. It was like middle of summer. Yeah, yeah. So you I'm had stuck like on the road. Road rash or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I lost the skin like there. Yeah. From pinky to elbow, that was nearly down to the bone. Like where I'd lost that much skin, there was like flies buzzing all over my arms yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And then the ambulance gets me, and then after a wonderful trip on ketamine, <laughs> I don't <really> remember <laughs> <laughs> what happened after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I wake up in hospital, and then you know the surgeons and stuff start coming around, and they say you like you've broken both your legs. And um, and yeah, like you're gonna have to go into surgery on Monday morning. Imagine, like, as an athlete now, imagine you're like, yeah. I can't even imagine hearing that and just even. So, like, where were you at your at the stage of your career when that happened? So, did you make the switch? And then how how yeah. many months after that did so, that go? So, uh, so like I made the switch when I was like 16, yep. 17. So then, like for two years, sorry, I should have said I was training in Wollongong, yeah, um, with Christian Foster and stuff. If you remember. Him and a few other, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then um, I was 19, and I'd just been training with Roger for in, in Sydney in for about six months. Best yep. off season I've ever had. Like uh, I was running hand times 10:50, 10:60 in yeah. October. Yeah, shit. and I was set. I did one pro race in Queen Bn, and then the accident happened that weekend after. So uh -huh. it was definitely the season that that could have been for me. Like. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I was going to run 10:30. Yeah, yeah, but you never know. Like, yeah. I was like, I was on point. I was ready to go. Just coming in like your age, like yeah. 19, 20, yeah, yeah, ready yeah. to have a breakout season, and like just all of a sudden, like my life turned completely. Did yeah. a big backflip and fucking had no idea what to do. So, how long did it take you to recover from that? Um, it's been a long journey. I'm still, still recovering, recovering. Yeah. to this day. <laughs> so, um, actually. I should probably should have airdropped the stuff to you, like my X-ray. So I've got titanium. Yeah, you can airdrop that. No, yeah, no yeah. worries. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the. Um, I just accept here. I've got titanium in my hip, Ooh. my femurs, yeah. my tibia, and I've basically like completely reconstructed from the waist down with titanium. Um, so you're a Wolverine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cyborg. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah Sorry, Jack. Can you talk a little bit closer to the mic? Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, and what happened initially was I, I was in hospital for two weeks and when I first spoke to the surgeon, they said, oh, you're going to have to have four separate surgeries. And I was, that happened on the Sunday. And then on the Monday, um, they, like they took me into surgery and I actually said to the anaesthetist when I was in pre-surgery bay because a friend of mine had had ankle surgery done who was a sprinter and um, had had metal work put in that put in her ankle yeah i was like can you tell the surgeon like not to operate on my ankle because i still <laughs> want to sprint 200 meters again yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, around, the bend, yeah. <laughs> around the bed and um i woke up monday night and it turned out they did all of it both femurs both tibia uh tibia and hip all in one surgery in oh, 10 hours wow. yeah and yeah. when i um when i came to i was like felt like i was in more pain than when i actually hit the yeah. hit the car just because of the like yeah. the toll that it had taken on me um, and sorry, as I said, I was in hospital for two weeks. Um, I got up really quickly, like was moving within five to six days. Mm. Um, Wait, what of the surgery? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Cause you can walk straight away. Cause the titanium is what's supporting the, you, uh, yeah, okay. the bones. Yeah. It's just the swelling that needs to come down. Yeah. Eh? The swelling and like just this, the outright soreness. These from. are the photos. Yeah. So that's my tibia and my two femurs. I've got a whole heap of scars Let's there. So is that your right, right leg? Side. Yeah. Right leg. Um, that's the right tibia, so the shin bone. Um, wow. That's my hip. hip. Yeah. And then that's my right femur. Oh. You can see the top, of, like the bottom of the plate there. Yeah. yeah. And then the uh, left femur, so that was the one that came out wow, out the front of my thigh. Full body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Do you still ride a bike? I've ridden, like I've like I'm not the type of person to sort of completely give it away. Like yeah. I know that all factors that day being my own mm, I wouldn't yeah. have fallen off but yeah. I'm not going to have one as a as a daily again just because it's <laughs> too risky you know yeah yeah too risky that but is, uh, I had a minor accident on a bike but 
sold it not long after that. <laughs> yeah, there's a um, there's a saying that for people who ride motorbikes, it's either you've fallen off or you haven't fallen off yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so like, so come after the accident and all that, like mentally, were you because did you get told that you won't be able to run again? Because yep. that doesn't look like you'd be able to run again. <laughs> no. <laughs> like having that um, legs and stuff, you know. Yeah, I was I was really lucky. I had a strong support network and yeah. a lot of people that that believed in me were there. But yeah, on on my discharge notes, I can like these words are like imprinted in my brain. <laughs> it was like it says on the on the discharge report, like one of the doctors said, "Return to competitive sprinting highly unlikely." He goes, "I just don't think you'll be able to do it. Like you've had too much damage." And I was like, "Fuck you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do it, and I'm yeah. gonna come back. Like, and like that was the real first like struggle I'd had because it was written there and like a yeah. medical professional had told me. I think when you always like when you have this mentality as an athlete when someone tells you, you like oh it, you can't do it yeah. you always doubt it like yeah. like nah bro you, you're wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you absolutely. don't know me. No <laughs> yeah. you need um you definitely need those people to say no to you because like that spurs that motivation but at the same time like it's pretty daunting to hear those words. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'd be scary for sure. Yeah yeah especially like I was just, I had such a good off season like I was ready exactly. to go and it was just all gone in a matter of seconds. So how long ago was that from today? That was three and a half years ago so it happened in December 2016. So when did you get back on the track after that? Well uh, my first race was November 2019 so it took me three years to almost to the day to um, like get back and race ready. Um, yeah wow. Do you have a race here? Yeah, yeah, that was, the, that was one of the ones. So this is my which, first Which one race. was this? Uh, this is Blacktown. First one back first after race, the accident? First race ever back. So Where are you, Lane? Second uh, one left. In the black singlet. Second one left. No, no, no. Uh, this one. This yep. one. No, no, no. Oh, this one? In the middle. Lane in the middle. four. In black singlet. Oh, oh yeah. right, eh? Yep. Yep. That's not oh shit! Sorry, that's the Bills race. Oh. Go to Bill. I was gonna say, yeah, go to go Bill. To Bill. <laughs> wow. I was about to say, hang on, you're not in this race, bro. Sorry, sorry. That's all right. We're very professional here at yes. podcast off the track. Nice, Billy. Yeah, never run. mistake. Yeah, good work to Bill. Shout out. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's all right, <laughs> you're man. Sweet, bro. We got plenty of time. <laughs> Ten six. Ten sixty five. That was Harry Fulton. Harry oh yeah, Fulton. you know the um, Campbelltown Sprint Nights on yeah, Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah. They don't do. They only do hand time. Yeah, but I don't do electric time on your IWF profile. It has like hand time next to it, so it's still. But you, you can't make a qualifier. No, right? yeah, that's all right. I'll get a mate to time me. <laughs> what electronically or hand time? No, hand time, hand time. Okay, get a good time for hundred. Sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're good. You're good. Back on track. Unedited. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah, let's go. I have here right now. Here we go. Yes, nice. Perfect. Same track, eh? Yeah, yeah, same like track, same day. So, there you are. Black yeah. singlet, you can see. The one with the little legs and massive jaws. <laughs> 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 Plenty of upper body, eh? Yeah, I was too heavy there. Way <laughs> too heavy. So like how Probably pushing on a little bit. It's, it's like yeah, 10 yeah. seconds till we go in. <laughs> oh, that's the end of the race. That's yeah. the end of the video. That's, that's the end, end of the video. video. <laughs> oh, oh. Nah, it's all right. That's all right. Sorry, you can, see, you can see that a lot of preparation goes into these episodes. <laughs> we plan them out minute by minute. Just walk in and sit down. Sit down before. Like, okay. I was going to ask you, like, how does it restrict your training, having, like, so much titanium and all that stuff in your legs? Like, Yeah, have you noticed it? Um, it's more so just the, the unpredictability that comes from training. So sometimes I don't know how I'm going to respond to a session. Like, I still get pain, like, as if I've broken it sometimes like, oh, bro- like Where, whereabouts in my like right in the fracture site so where it happened is um is like i'll just get pain so i could be walking along the street and just get this surge of pain and mm. my knee locks or my hip cramps yeah. it's like a sharp also pain like sharp electric shocks so oh. that's what it feels like but then yeah. i can go and run a 200 and be completely fine yeah so it's know. i have to train very symptomatically which is probably the best word to describe it in that like i don't know how i'm going to wake up on any given day and then I'm going to have to, like, make a choice on how I go from there. Yeah. Um, I have the plan and I kind of train as per the training program, not as per the week. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you know, over the next four weeks, I'll have to do eight sessions. If it takes me six weeks, great. If it takes me three weeks, even better. Yeah. I think this is the same video. Is it? No, no, no. Are you sure? Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it is. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's there. 
Yeah. There it is, there we go. Okay, 31. Oh, there, there we go. go. Is this one? Yeah. yeah. No. That one. Okay, sorry for the delay. Okay. Ah, it's all good. We Here got we it, finally. Good. <laughs> so, how, how, like, how was the... How are you feeling before this? Obviously, three years in the making. Mate, oddly enough, like... Your division's keen. I was so excited. Yeah, yeah. So, I had a really... I had a pretty good start. I was up and moving, and in three, two, one, there goes the hamstring. Oh, you can see. And yeah, I pull yeah. up, <laughs> but I keep running. I'm like, no way, I'm <laughs> gonna stop running. Yeah. Here. Which hand you went left? Right hand. Right. Right hand. I had it just I had six breaks on my right side and two breaks on my yeah, left okay, side. Yeah, so, so you do right that leg right is leg's a lot weaker. Yeah. 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 But um, 12:44, my first time back. Really, really happy with yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's funny. Every time I run, I feel like I'm running 10 seconds. <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's just the legs haven't caught up yet. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So, so you're going to, you're ready to run this season or still yeah, training? Yeah, yeah, still training. Um, the last, like I'll sort of break it down for you from like 2016 to, the, to 2017, it was literally learning to walk again, yeah. learning to move, um, just trying to get a full squat and just get some size on. So I was like 84 kilos um, but just before the ra- just before the accident. And in a matter of like a month, I dropped down to like 73. I do remember, I actually remember when it happened because I was in like year 10. Mm. It was mm. like a big story. And obviously I was doing track then. So, and I remember seeing photos and you were like anorexic. Like yeah. You were skinny. I just lost so much size yeah. just because... Um, you couldn't do anything really. No, nah, I couldn't exactly. do anything. I wasn't hungry because I was on that many painkillers. Yeah. And even um, like... What are you doing? <laughs> and when you're um, and like when the body gets an injury, like your BMR, so your ba- like ba- basal metabolic rate, yeah, goes up fifty percent. So yeah. like, say like, <laughs> you know, I was eating three thousand calories a day just to maintain where I was. I'd nearly have to eat like five thousand. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, like your body's it's like using energy to your body's repair. working overtime. Yeah, to, repair to like try it. and repair everything, and okay. just it just like just can't catch up. Yeah. So yeah, not eating and not. And on painkillers and not training, I just lost weight so so quickly. Yeah. Wow. So that first year was very much just about learning to move, eating, trying to get some size back. Um, the next year was about getting strong, um, just because I had to. Yeah. It, it was just no choice. <laughs> and then I probably got a little bit too heavy in that year because, you know, emotional eating and all that kind of stuff kind of comes in. You're like, fuck, like I just want to get back on the track. And and seeing everyone compete and people that I was beating then go and run ten sixes, ten fives like this and then 2018 2019 up to this race was back on the track um running on the woodway all that kind of stuff and then now i'm back training almost full time which is really cool that's pretty sick yeah and like you have a good squad behind it as well i can see see that on your instagram yeah yeah i'm really lucky to have a a good squad um the gym that i was training at the time had some of the best coaches in australia working there and i could always bounce ideas off them and, you know, like the support network is a big thing that I've been lucky to have and, and work with to get back to where I am. So what are you looking at doing um, in the sport? Are you just doing it because you love it or you, you have goals to compete in certain events? Or I have goals to get, like, as much as I'm restricted by the metalwork and stuff is there, I think I know I can get faster than what I ever was. Like, mm. I don't think 10.5, 10.4 is out of the realms of possibility. So wherever that time sort of takes me like well whether it's you know in 2012 you could run a 10-5 and make the australian olympic relay team for four yeah, by yeah. one which and then, it, like these days. <laughs> and then <laughs> 2016 well fuck you had to run like 10-3 yeah this yeah. year like it, it's it, like a it, 10-9 yeah <laughs> this year it comes and goes in waves yeah, so we, yeah, we really don't know like where where that time could take me um hey i might even get faster i don't know yet so it's just like just trying to get as quick as i can and and alongside that like really develop as a coach as well so that's my goals to compete and coach at the same time yeah, yeah. so when did you start coaching um pretty much straight after the accident so like roger you still wanted to be in the sport eh? like yeah yeah um roger was really good to me like he offered me a job and said hey like you know i've got business do you want to coach and i hadn't really thought about it before but um i was like yeah okay i'll go for it like you saw as a plan b like yeah yeah, yeah. um because i was i was at uni before and i was just like i, I sacked that off just because i didn't after I started coaching, I was like, oh, shit, like, I can make something of this. What you were doing in uni? <clears throat> I was doing law and science as wow. a double degree. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, that's a, that's another story where, like, I just realized that you've got to study Not the car. Don't worry. way too much. 
and and have worked too much as a lawyer to even make that a, a viable option. You can't train no. as an athlete yeah, and yeah. be a lawyer yeah. at the same time. Um, and then yeah, like to coach, it was my way of getting close to it at, at the same time, so I could help more athletes, not just myself. Cool yeah. man. Tell us a bit more about the coaching. So are you, you, I've seen you down at Camden. Do you, you train at a track somewhere? Like yeah. How much do you handle? Like um, so it was very. Well, that's a loud car. But is he like right at the door? Thanks, neighborhood. The coaching is 50% like field sport athletes yeah. in rugby league, yeah. soccer, mostly rugby league. Like just because I've played that sport, mm. I know the most about it. And I've also like, I just seem to attract those kind of players. Um, and the other 50% is, is track athletes, like sprinters and jumpers. So um, Camden's only been really recently. Um, so like I started training like Cam Lawrence and a few of those other boys um, out at Camden and they've just grown a few people. But most of my coaching is done in Sydney where clients come through like Rogers Academy, um, the Speed Academy, and then like they get handed off to us as coaches. Yep. And then we either work with like athletes and they go back to him or like they stay with me or like I find my own track athletes from there as well. And um, yeah, that's, that's kind of pretty much it. Yeah, so right. do you handle just the track stuff or do you do strength programming as well? Or? Um, I've, I, can, I can do strength programming. Um, I was, last year I did dabble in like working at Athletes Authority and a few other places to be a strength coach, but I kind of found that I was only really doing strength coach strength coaching for the people that I was coaching for sprints. So to compliment the sprinting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, like I've, I've decided that I'm probably not going to like pursue that avenue too much like i'll just stay as a speed coach and then if anyone needs it well mm. i can do their strength coaching on top of that yeah uh, cool yeah, yeah. Mm. let's talk a bit about more uh a bit more about that yeah um what do you do for strength in the pre-season on onwards into the the summer season when you'll be ready to race yeah so um like i follow a, a concurrent training program so i make sure that like anything that we do on the track is supported by like supported in the gym so it's like coincides together right? yeah, yeah yeah so they need to work together because there's plenty of times and you know like you'd know yourself if you're like training with a sprint coach and then you go and see a pt or someone and someone hasn't really done the sport and you're like oh, okay you know they've they asked what you did and like oh, okay i did four 300s they're like oh we're gonna max back squat today yeah yeah like they just don't understand what is what it's like to yeah. you know run on the track so i make sure that the strength group strength program coincides and complements what we're doing in the track so in the off season like you know when we go through that gpp phase it's very much a gpp phase for the strength program as well so resetting any nickels that they had out resetting any imbalances and then for the most part when we go through max velocity or acceleration anytime that you're running fast i make sure that the guys are lifting strong and lifting fast as well so like the days are spread out but you know, on a when someone's doing acceleration, we're probably more likely to do something like a power clean because yeah. that's a fast movement as well. And then we're working on high speed. It's making sure that like they're doing a squat of some sort with that. And then when we go into speed endurance, I've actually got an interesting like perspective on this. Is that when an athlete's doing speed endurance, right? Like you know, they want to run. You want to run as far as like as long as you can for as fast, fast as, as you, you can. can. Yeah. Yeah. So. An idea that I'm playing with this year is that, like, say you want to run a 300 in 35 seconds. Well, no, that's a bit slow. 32 seconds, say. As in, like, a one rep? <clears throat> yeah, that's one like rep. a race? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, like, even a training. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, say you want to be able to run a 300 in 32 seconds so I know that my speed endurance is fast. What I want to do with that as well, if you can take an athlete through hypertrophy at the same time, put a little bit of size of them on them as well, which helps with strength. What if they could run that 32 at 78 kilos when they're a little bit stronger then they bring the body fat down a little bit and then as they come to race season and they're 75 kilos that 32 seconds becomes faster just by being lighter yeah you, yeah. Still, got that, you still got that power and that yeah, yeah so yeah. your power to weight ratio gets even better just by losing a little bit of size yeah so it's like the athlete's always running fast but it's kind of like putting like a little bit of a, a limiter on them so that they're not going to hurt themselves mm. as much yeah. during the speed endurance um, my, my body weight used to vary between like the preparation phase to like competition phase so yeah. I always um i lost like three like three to four kilos until mm -hmm. the like the just the comp competition phase yeah and yeah. I, I was feeling like faster like but we were like running 
I like doing the same training sometimes and everything, but mm, mm. you can totally feel that you're like lighter, stronger, and yeah, I think th there's like a relationship between like your power mm. and your weight. weight. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So if you can keep the power, but if you lose Drop the weight, weight yeah. yeah, you're gonna be way faster and way stronger. Yeah, yeah. And you do tend to lean up in the, like in the season yeah. as well. You're always like, just by racing and stuff like that because you're running faster. Yeah, exactly. There's more competition, all that kind of stuff. So I. I like the idea, and I'm it might not work. I yeah. don't know, but I'm trolling out. Like, yeah, uh, like there's only one way to find exactly. out. And I really Trying, think that yeah. if you can like almost front load your body weight so that you can get stronger, you can improve your speed endurance at the same time. When it comes to like you know early competition, that weight comes down ever so slowly. Your strength stays really high. Well, you're just going to get faster just by losing that body weight. Yeah, yeah. and that's and then yeah. as they come into competitive season, it's just basically topping up the tank so that we can sort of minimize injury risk and just maintain as much strength as you can. Yeah. So you do hypertrophy to get them a bit more heavier? A little bit heavier, a little yeah. bit stronger. Um, at the same time as doing speed endurance because the energy systems are kind of similar as well because, you know, max velocity, it's very nervous system dominant, yep. right? But then speed endurance, it's very much like lactic and, and aerobic as you get into those later reps. So you can probably train a bit harder in the gym as well at the same time because hypertrophy also isn't nervous system dominant, so you're not like taxing the same system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's your uh, version of like a, what rep range would you consider hypertrophy? Um, well, like rep range is sort of like can be manipulated because you can yep. do like six reps, but if you're lifting a five second tempo, that's the same as doing like yeah. 12 reps for a three second tempo, yep. right? So. Um, time under tension and weekly sets is something that I use as a bit more of an indicator of hypertrophy. So say during their strength phases or competition phase, the athlete might be doing say 80 sets a week, six, 60 to 80 sets a, sets a week of like everything combined. So yeah, pull-ups, yeah, yeah. chin-ups, back, back squats, power cleans, whatever. And then during hypertrophy, when they're doing speed endurance, they can spend a bit more time in the gym and maybe do 100 to 110 sets per week. So yeah. that like turns into... Um, for example, like Nabil now, right? He's doing like, he'll do four sets of eight now. And then as we move into a bit more into speed endurance, he'll go up to six sets of eight. So just by adding those extra couple of sets, he can put a bit more size on. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. That's something um, I, I'm, I'm asking you because I'm trying to program myself. So yeah, okay, <laughs> I'm trying to right, just pick mate. up some things. Hey, that's the beauty of having a podcast, right? You can yeah, ask yeah, people yeah, lots yeah, of yeah, questions and, but, um, and get ideas. Yeah, I've been trying to manage my soreness. I'm trying to like, gauge what weight I'm going to do based on how sore I am after my gym session because I feel like 99% is going to be on the track mm. and the weights is there to complement that. Yeah. So absolutely. I'm not like, I don't want to do a, like a hard squat session or a hard deadlift session then try to run the next day like eight 200s fast. It's not going to be as quality and yeah. I feel like that's going to affect running negatively. So yeah, I've just been trying to do that. Do you find, then again, when I, I think it's because we just got back and the gyms are just open again. So mm -hmm. like I'm doing this, these weights again and I haven't done them for three months. <laughs> so I'm yeah. really you sore. So I feel like after a couple of months, it might, might help again, but yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Like, and that, that, that's an interesting point that you bring up. Like you're trying to manage your soreness, but at the same time, like other things that can work is that, you know, you said you spoke about a heavy back squat, but mm. what could also help you put a bit of strength on a leg press. You're not loading your spine. Yeah. And like, it's not as like taxing on the nervous system mm. because you're not stabilized. You're yeah. in a controlled position. You're just moving your legs up and down. If you use it full through full range, I'm, I have no problem with that. Like, why do you need to be married to a back squat or even a deadlift when you can do something where you're off your feet yeah. and you're just moving your legs back and then, and then you're probably not going to be as sore from that track session or before that track session. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to try and um, I got to try and notice where the soreness is coming from too, because I've been getting some little niggling pains just from getting back into running after mm. so much time. Like I had a really flared up calf for a really long time. Must be so like, like cobwebs like, in there, bro. Like yeah, yeah. A, bit of, a bit of cobwebs. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just had a, like a flared up calf for such a long time, and I, I thought maybe it could be the running, or maybe it's just my body showing me that there's a weakness there. Yeah. Turns out it was coming from my glute, mm. and then. Yeah, like my glute wasn't activating, so my calf was working harder. Yeah. So 
Everything's I, connected. Yeah, yeah I had to had to strengthen that calf. I was doing some bent knee, single leg, low rep, like just trying to strengthen it. Yeah, yeah. That seemed yeah. to work fine, but mm. I, I was it was weird that I wasn't getting sore after that. Mm. But yeah, I just got it because sometimes like if you do a really hard fast session, and I have not done many of those, mm. your hemis are really sore. But you got to realize like that's not from the gym, so like you got to yeah. you can keep up in the weight. Yeah. And there's like other interesting concepts that you could probably work with as well in that like no matter what, you know, when you do a hard sprint session, you're going to be sore for one, two, sometimes three days. Yeah. Like you, you can feel that. And then like say, you know, you do the sprint on the Monday and then you're supposed to do weights on the Tuesday. Well, <laughs> forget it like that. Just that soreness and DOMS will compound. But what if like you trained in like a hard track session then you went straight to the gym or like you know did an am pm session before Before you get sore sore. and then like say like it's an extra 20 percent soreness on the tuesday that time's still gonna like you're still gonna recover and a full day off wednesday yeah Mm -hmm. exactly exactly so doubling up sessions it's just being like take a step back and think outside of the box in terms of global recovery for the week yeah not i'm gonna do a track session i'm gonna recover tomorrow it's like yeah yeah what if you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday train, Thursday, Friday off. Yeah. Depends on the track session too. Like exactly. I, I've been trying to, it's it's really important to have a well thought out program. Mm. You've got to mm. pick the sessions that you do like a, on a track session. If you're going to do something a bit slower, but longer, mm. then I, I don't really need to be really, really in good shape with my legs. So I can do a squat session before that. But if I'm going to do something fast, I, I tend to like go a bit off the gym the day before, maybe yep. do some power stuff because it's not, really going to make me sore yeah but um yeah it's it's pretty pretty important to have like a well thought out program yep. what about um deloads do you do much of them like you you work really hard on a on a gym like say you go three weeks on that last week you go really hard then you go like go off the volume about 33 percent to help him recover and then go again or is it how uh, do you do it yeah deloads like it's hard because you know you can write a perfect training program right and then you can fall off your motorbike and break both legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, so over the years, like, uh, yeah, over the last three years that I've been coaching and just talking to different people and stuff, I've sort of found that, you know, you, like, there's, if you track things accordingly, like, deloads probably need to be a little bit more reactive. Obviously, you have training phases yeah. and stuff like that. But, yeah, I agree. You know, if you, like, I track my resting heart rate every morning, right? And yep. then, like, if I wait and say it's, like, 58 for... You know, like five weeks, whatever. And then on that six week that jumps up to 63 and I'm in the middle of a training block, block, well, I'll probably just back off the pedal just a little bit and then wait till that resting heart rate comes back down to 58. Mm. Um, so it's a more intuitive approach. You kind of just know where your body is and if you can handle it and if yeah. you can't, then you just take a, take a step back. Exactly. Yeah. Like you don't know what you don't measure. And yeah. like feelings are very subjective. And they're important, yes, mm. but <laughs> like... <laughs> it could change from one yeah. day to the next. Yeah, it can change from one day to the other. And, you know, if you're not looking under the hood of the car, like if you don't check your oil, like, well, mm. how do you know what the oil level's yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, so You yeah. know, you yeah. got to check up on yourself. Exactly. So how do you, how do you check your oil? Do you have like a go-to... <laughs> 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 do you have a go-to you professional... And there's, there's a lipstick in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, do you have like a go-to profession? You go like a massage or float tank or something like that? Oh, are you talking... Um, As in recovery. How do you check your oil? Come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> check my oil. Um, well, like I have things that I track. So blood pressure is really important. Um, so just like just taking that a couple of times a week. As I said, resting heart rate, staying on top of steps. Like these activity trackers, man. Yeah. They're, they're the best things you can get. Like they're not super accurate like in mm. some things, but they're relative. So like, you know, I wear it every day and then see that if I do one day, I do 25,000 steps and I'm supposed to have a hard training, like... The next day is supposed to be tr- a hard training session. Well, I'll back off a little bit because my say my daily average is normally fifteen thousand. Um, so resting heart rate, um, amount of sleep I get per night, blood pressure, steps, and then like just on top of all the other things. So like just making sure I track my nutrition and yep. all that yeah. kind of stuff. And then everything else is like in the gym and training side of things is um, like weekly sets, volume, total load everything basically <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard some training sessions like some athletes um i don't know if it's true but sometimes they do like um maybe like a test week and after each like uh, set that they do like for example for a 400 runner they do like um 300 500 mm. after each rep they take the blood 
yeah. then go straight to like a lab test and see mm -hmm. like which vi vitamins like and everything that is like um it's um how can i say that um uh, when they don't have like for example a vitamin like d depleted. Yeah, yeah 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 so yeah they just check it everything like right before like right after the test and they do like their supplements and everything based on that test result so yeah that can um like that's absolutely done and there's there's plenty of people that do that but like for like most people like especially in australia like you know we're trying to run like good? there's bigger <laughs> there's bigger rocks that we can look at to get a runner from 10.5 down to 10.3 yeah. yeah or a girl from 11.4 to 11.2 yeah. um it's not until probably someone's trying to run nine seconds that you need to worry a bit more about that but um you know like staying on top of like the consistent ones you know it's probably going to give you a good idea than like rather than just taking a blood test like um yeah really cool one that like some people do is lactate testing so like you take your um blood lactate immediately after doing a 300 yeah or like three 300 say and then like over at the end of the block like you retest it again to see if it's improved that's a really cool way of measuring it and it's just like the same as like doing a diabetes you yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, that, that's the one. Yeah, 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 it's just like a, they just get like a drop of. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah. So that's like you know the diabetes prick where they take the insulin. You can just yeah. get a different strip, and that like measures your blood lactate. So, oh, cool. um, you can like test that regularly and see how well like the response that you've wanted out of your speed endurance block has improved. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I want to talk about stretching. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you would know something about it. I'm doing a little experiment on myself. Yes. <laughs> I haven't stretched for about... Oh, two months. Yeah, yeah probably, probably two months. Yeah. Um, first, someone first told me about it, like, maybe a year and a half ago. And I was like, <laughs> you love it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, just like, it's probably not... It's, it's good to do if, like, it releases endorphins. It can help you recover, stuff like that. Um but in terms of flexibility, like flexibility doesn't really carry over into speed. Mm. Um, you need to be flexible enough to run. Yes. And that's about it. Uh, so that's counterintuitive to what I thought because I thought when something's tight, it's, you need to stretch it. Mm. Turns out it could be making it worse. Like it, it's identifying a weakness in your body and you need to strengthen it. But yes. um, yeah, what do, you, what do you know about that? There's a few different things you can sort of, of look at in that like static stretching is good. And like, as you said, like basically the minimum mobility requirements is enough for you to basically like step over your knee while mm. you're sprinting, get your knee up and then like have your heel like to get triple extension with your knee at maximum height, right? Like that's pretty much the bare minimum yeah. is then to yeah. be able to get your arm from your face down past your bum cheek. That's, <laughs> that's kind of it. So apart from there, like, you know, you see Jack sprinters like Harry... Akeens, yeah, 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 the English yeah, yeah. guy, like he's jacked, but like he probably like he's still beast. getting that minimum, like minimum range. Yeah. Um, what you're talking about there is interesting in that like there's muscular tightness, but then there's also muscular tone as well. And like tone is like imagine like a muscle fiber is like this, right? Like and like when you create the action, it contracts and, yeah. and releases. Like tightness is like how short or long the muscle is. Imagine tone as being how plant how like mm. the tension in oh, right. that strength kind of basically yeah yeah like well that's how you would train it you do like low uh, low rep high weight strengthening yeah like muscle recruiting yeah so then like you know if your your tone can be too high and that's also times when mm. injuries can happen if yeah. you blow a hamstring or something or, or whatever then also you can be tight if you tear a hamstring because it's weak say. yeah so Stretching's good to get the minimum requirements and then like it can be okay to release tone, but usually like a massage or something like that is probably going to go a, we'll a, a bit further oh, to, okay. to improve your tone. Um, and like that's probably something you could look at as opposed to that. But, you know, if you like static stretching, do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's, all, it's all guesswork from this point on, mate. I'm just yeah. fucking winging it. <laughs> it's just a crazy little <laughs> experiment I'm doing on myself. But like that's it. the thing though. Like, there's so many people doing stupid shit and they still get good results. Yeah. Bullshit. Eh? <laughs> it's yeah. Like, it's fucking hate it. <laughs> it's, so it's like if someone buys into the program and then they run hard and they compete regularly, they're probably going to get faster. But like, that's where, you know, you see a lot of kids with young results. Yeah, and then they plateau for the rest of their life. Yep. Stay that, yeah. Stay that so way. the concept, I guess, of longevity 
and long-term athlete development is much more of an issue around smart training interventions as yeah. opposed to just training hard. Exactly, yeah. And um, yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Actually, there's a yeah. few athletes, you know, that are fucking flogging themselves. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's um, a couple of people who may have run 10-0 something or 10-1 this year that probably aren't going to be in the sport for much longer. Yeah, yeah, because they can't back it up. Can't back it up. Training way too hard. Yeah. And unless, you know, they're running something... Nice. Yeah. I noticed that there's like a, some sometimes there's like not a, as a cultural way, but you can notice like historically, like for example Jamaica, they always had like really good young athletes. Mm. They mm. normally are between like 19 to there's like 26, 27, mm. and if you go like to American national team, they're all they are all normally older. They yeah. Like between 25 is, to 32 or something like i just like i just noticed that because like the, normally it's all like athletes. a it's a part of the problem uh, it's like could be a reason how america is such a well-off society we look at gallon in, in comparison today or yesterday four minute yeah. tail well, was it? Mm. Okay, still nine on the That's yeah, still nine yeah. nine. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he's 35, 35, 36. Well, yeah. a, a 35-year-old American can be a full-time athlete. Like, a, a Jamaican, maybe it yeah. might be a bit harder. Well, then you look at Bolt, you're tired at 30. He's yeah. the fastest man in the world. Need <laughs> <laughs> didn't need to keep running, probably. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. like, After the thing is, like, what you spoke about, Jamaica and, like, in America, say, like, so say Australia, like, we've got one dart to throw at a dartboard. Yeah, like, <laughs> they have like <laughs> the um, amount of sprinters we track, jumpers, throwers. Sorry, I can't leave the throwers yeah, out. No. Um, <laughs> leave the field events out. <laughs> um, we've got one dart to throw at the dartboard. Yeah, Jamaica maybe has fifty. America, they've got like no, three hundred darts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you if you go to like to the word like rank, if you go like below ten seconds, there's a ton of yeah, Americans. There's, there's like so a lot. Many. Well, you look at Australia's national final, right? You could make you run a ten five and make the national final, or exactly. 10, 10 4 and make national final. 10, 5, you have to run sub ten to make the American final. Yeah. To be yeah. someone, yeah. You to be someone sub ten. To exactly. be someone to be like yeah, exactly. someone yeah. noticeable. Exactly. Because there's a lot of people running below ten. Oh, yeah, over there. So it's ridiculous. crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. the juniors are running nearly sub ten. Like yeah. Twenties and stuff. So. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So like it's such a big thing over there. Like they've got such a. They, they build tribalism into their sport there. We don't really have that here. They they have teams in their universities and their yeah. clubs are quite big, we a lose, lot of people. We lose a lot to the university-aged student and, and, the, and like the student that leaves high school, especially like with private schools. They absolutely bury their athletes, like and not just track, but like I've had the privilege of working for, with a few private schools like Scots and stuff like that. Not working with Scots, but knowing of Scots, like... Man, they, like, the rowers there, right? They do, like, 14 sessions a week for rowing just to win one carnival for the high school. Yeah, the yeah. kids train that hard that they never want to do the sport again. Yeah, yeah. It's the same yeah. as track yeah. and field. Like, there's plenty of coaches that just bury the kids when they're 18 years old and they never want to do athletics again. It can also be the parents as well. Like, I did notice that parents push their kids at, like, 10, 11, mm. like, yeah. Win, win zone, region, state. Like, Mate, who cares if you want to stay at 10 years? Like, so it becomes a chore exactly. for the kid. And then they hate they it and they don't want to do it. Yeah. So, so, like, this is very true. Like, like with Roger, like, we get seven-year-olds coming to us. Their parents are paying $240 a week, like, three yeah. three to four sessions, like, to for their kids to train and win their primary school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, these oh parents are also God. earning $500,000 a year. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it's, mean, it's all relative, but, yeah. like... I couldn't imagine if, like, you or I were 10 years old, like, would our parents pay $300 a week for training? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Would they? No, I, when I was nine, I was training, but I wasn't paying 500 whatever no, exactly. dollars it was. Yeah, but, exactly. like, I was training, and then I quit training because I was, like, I'm 10 years old and getting Think, smoked. Like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. As, yeah. A, as a kid, the quality of training is, it's more about, like, if you love doing it, you're going to try really yeah, hard. Yeah, exactly. Like, but and it's the same as when you get older. Old, you don't love any sport at 10 years old. That's why you do soccer, All footy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just do what you... Really? <laughs> and like that's why of the even of the track athletes that I coach that are in my squad like I still ask if they do play sport like I don't want them to like choose a sport until they're 16 or 17 yeah yeah like, to to really like knuckle down on it because then like like I did the same I think it worked for me barring broke breaking both legs like and you did it too like you're yeah, playing exactly, you yeah. played and then uh, you made the choice yeah, and I'm you made the choice yeah, exactly. you made the choice and you're running fucking brilliant so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 i get that yeah, yeah like 
it's yeah i just fuck there's so much sorry language um, oh mate we're well past that point <laughs> <laughs> okay um i don't <laughs> you know like it, it needs to come from a top-down as- approach of athletics australia and i think it's just not being done very well yeah and we need to change a few of that and like even little things like for a sport with such like little people and like so little amount of money everybody hates each other have you noticed that <laughs> everybody hates each other yeah 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 like do you know do you agree well, i've not? been out of the game for a while i mean i'm yet to see like, as a mate like i have mates in track you have dogs, mates of course but like once we're on that track you don't hate them but like you, you there's that rivalry and that like if they run a good time you're kind of like oh shit yeah Fuck them. like what but like Damn it, like... <laughs> but, but, like, not even that, though, but, like, between coaches and squads, like... Yeah. Yes, yeah, there's that... How much I do, do, know how mean, much do other mm. coaches hate each other? Yeah. Like, yeah. Why? I <laughs> don't trash talk about other squads. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, this person does this, yeah. so shit. Why would well, they like, do this shit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you're shit because you hate each other. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, why. Yeah. Like, I don't care what you do. Like, I, you're I getting good like, results. Yeah, I say, like, some coaches think they have the Coca-Cola formula and they don't want to share with someone. So it's like, nah, this is my formula. Like, oh, no. like, we don't have of like cooperating like like Spongebob <laughs> 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 we don't <laughs> <laughs> gotta get that formula yeah. <laughs> whatever it is I'll need yeah, it, I need it. <laughs> but yeah like we I think we absolutely need to work together and collaborate a little bit more because we need to get better results yeah as and that's the only way yeah. we'll get there's got to be a way to get the sport bigger in this country more well respected and like even through social media like rugby league has the opportunity of being televised once every week like you know you see some of the most prominent athletes on even like social media is our medium, right? Like yeah. that's our, that's our channel. The best athlete, the best sprinter in Australia posts like once a week. Yeah. If yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. And like, like a lot of people don't even know who he is. Exactly. And that's, that's a, yeah. like, I you, remember talking to someone a while ago who was doing track and field like a while mm. ago and they said like, they like they used to televise the Sydney Track Classic and they mm. used to like, it used to be packed. People used to always go there and now you go to Sydney Track Classic and it's, you can barely fill the stadium. It's yeah. Mm. It sucks. Like it people sucks. still think of Matt Shervington as being the best 100 meter sprinter in Australia. Like, they yeah. couldn't tell you anyone past that. Exactly. Yeah. And he doesn't even hold a national record, everyone. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. People don't believe you when they say, oh, Australians run sub, sub 10. Sub 10, yeah. <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. yeah. So. And like, Sally Pearson was more famous in retirement than she ever was as, a, as, as an Olympic an champion. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's going on like, there? It's, it's, yeah. it's not fair in a way. <laughs> Like, cause we, as, like, as track and field athletes, we put ourselves through that much shit. Mm, yeah, exactly. And as we said before, like, the lowest lows, are, like, it's low, and mm. the highest highs are high, and, but they don't get recognised, and mm. it but sucks. Like, I think that's on us. Yeah. Like, we need to change it. This podcast will transcend the sport of athletics in Australia, Ooh, mate. From the right to the call. Yeah. And, like, good. Yeah, Let's exactly. do yeah, it. Well, yeah. like, there's, there's no podcast like it. I mean, no. you see, um, like, I think Athletics Australia, they do interviews and stuff, but... They don't sit around a table and talk shit. Like no. <laughs> yeah, no, and yeah. that's what pe- like people want to see and make it more interesting. Mm. And like, I, I keep coming back to it, like social media is our avenue. Like we don't get the opportunity to have things televised, so we yeah, need exactly. to make it bigger. Like, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh man, there's it's so much to be done, but like it just needs to be changed. Yeah. And we're lucky that this year's an Olympic year, or yeah. this season will this be an Olympic year, year yeah. and we yeah. just need to post more, yeah. make like show yeah, what it's actually yeah. like. I know that, like, you know, Matt, obviously Matt Lynch, mm. he, he tries to hype up, like, the Queensland Track Classic, and I yeah. fight him for that. Like, mm-hmm. do as much as you can to get the word out there that there's a competition this weekend. Everyone get down there. Support everyone. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Support everyone. Like, it's on the athletes. It's absolutely Yeah, on, on the athletes, athletes as well. Mm. Like, if Athletics Australia share something, then the athletes need to branch it out. And yeah. yeah. Other people from there Expand will branch the it out. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. So, it all yeah. comes We can do it, boys. Comes from we can tree to tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, boys. We got this. Exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that needs to be done, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the only way we grow it. That's how we get more money. Like, yeah. You know, the, get money the, in this Yeah, it's all about marketing. Yeah. If you don't have, like, um, um, interested, no one's going to buy it. Yeah, so absolutely. We don't have sponsors. We don't have like, nothing. even you get, uh, in Brazil, they get money for the athletes, the government, eh? Yeah, there's some government support for, like, uh, there's, like, a um, thing called, like, Bolsa Atleta. It's, like, um, when you, when you, yeah, yeah, it's when you, <laughs> it's, like, um, I don't know, it's, if you translate it straight away, it's, like, a backpack athlete. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, like, it's, like, a helping the athletes, but, like, you have to make up all the 
best three on the national championship yeah, yeah, yeah. or in the best three on the national rankings. And that's, so that's, a, that's each a start. Year, it's a, no, start. Yeah, it's, a start. It's something. But the it's problem support. in Brazil is like... It's Brazil. Not it's bad. nothing. Yeah. Like it's the money incentive. is nothing. It yeah. is an incentive yeah. bar. Same yeah. in Australia. They're like the best athletes get 20 grand. Do they? Oh. 20, 30 max. Yeah. Like, you know, they're only just surviving. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. There's so much more that can be done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah in America, the... I think the whole market, uh, it's different because athletics is a such a um, classic sport yeah. there. Mm. Like every single athlete, they know track what, what track and field is. Yeah. Yeah. They know if you stop in the street, talk about like, oh, I'm a track and field athlete. Uh, what what you going to do? Like, yeah, oh, I do 400 hurdles. And oh, you know yeah. this guy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, they and know. They actually, they think that's they from the university it. system. Yeah, they, 100%. They, they, they tap into that tribalism gene, mm. like genes that we have in us. Yeah. Like you get it in footy because you get your clubs and that. Mm. But yeah. you don't really get it in athletics. It's not like a spectacle. At least you can support your university. I, I think and, I uh, think it's because uh, uh, about like high schools and everything. Because track and fields, it's the base for every single sport. If mm. you go like to an American school in a like, like off season, basketball team, um, football team, football team yeah, they're yeah. on a track training. They all do track. Yeah. Yeah. They all do track. Yeah. So that's why it's so common. And if you see, bro, there's like uh, athletes that are choosing between, oh, am I going to be like a track and field athlete or NFL star? Because they can't. Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. That's good. I think we'll end it there, man. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty long. That was pretty long. <laughs> so that was good. Yeah. Good, so good chat. Uh, Tell us your Instagram if people want to find you. Yeah, cool. So Instagram is uh, jackhammered underscore. Jackhammered yeah. underscore. <laughs> um, Facebook is just Jack Darcy. And I do have a website, which is kind of, it's very, very basic at oh, the nice. moment. That's just uh, putting some things together. It's just jackdarcy.com. And for all your track and field and speed and agility needs for be it rugby league or um, 100 meters. Any team. sport. Yep. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we'll put every, every links in the description. Yeah. So all, easy. all the links to the uh, sponsors will be in the description as well. Yep. Um, Full Sigmatic. I keep calling you out. <laughs> Are you still trying to get this sponsor though? Please. Adidas <laughs> as well. <laughs> he's, he's a Nike man, but I'm um, Adidas. I don't know. Yeah. Please. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Thank you very much. For no worries, me. man.